Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now, Thursday, December 29th. Ian Cameron, a solo mission with just yours truly today on the program, ready to break down the Thursday card. It is a massive Thursday slate. We've got 11 games on the NHL slate for this Thursday night. We'll get to those in just a second. I do briefly want to talk about last night, though, because we did see some uh, interesting results uh, on the ice uh, and uh, certainly uh, a couple uh, that really st stood out. Boston has still yet to lose two in a row this season. They avoid that fate once again. They beat uh, New Jersey 3-1 to one last night. Another terrific outing from Linus Allmark in goal for the Bruins last night. Uh, he was absolutely magnificent uh, last night for the, um, the for the he was absolutely magnificent last night uh, for the uh, Boston Bruins once again. And there was a great, great um, quote out there uh, or tweet out there by Joe Haggerty, Jimmy Murphy's good buddy, uh, who's obviously covered the Bruins for a very long time, talking about how Linus Allmark's not getting enough love out there for the way he's playing. And, you know, it's true. I mean, he has been absolutely spectacular this season. Uh, the win-loss record is off the charts, 21-1, and one, uh, leading the NHL in goals against and save percentage. Uh, he's been terrific. And again, another great outing from him last night and a 3-1 to one victory for the uh, Boston Bruins. Uh, we saw Calgary beat Seattle 3-2 to two last night. Tampa Bay 4-1 to one against uh, Montreal. Proof that the juice was worth laying. The juice was worth the squeeze, if you will. Uh, to steal an old movie line uh, to, with the uh, Lightning team total over three and a half. Had to lay a buck, buck 55 on that, but clearly it was worth it. Uh, Anaheim 3-2 uh, over Vegas in a shootout. Frustrating 50 shots. I mean, I, I had Vegas in uh, regulation and uh, look, uh, it was that one out of every 10 or 15 games ratio where John Gibson looks like John Gibson of old. And last night was one of those nights. He was spectacular. They got the, the early lead. Uh, Aiden Hill was not good on either of those two goals that went in, in my opinion, from Adam Henrique early in the game. So uh, definitely a, a tough loss for Vegas, who are still very shorthanded, and they need some guys back in the lineup, clearly. Uh, they're, they're very depleted on the blue line. They were still without Marcia So and Eichel last night up front. So they need to get healthy, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, because clearly right now uh, they are not. And then, of course, I think the game of the night, the result of the night, and certainly the moment of the night came in Pittsburgh uh, last night as the Pittsburgh Penguins coming off the their worst game of the season according to head coach Mike Sullivan the night before against the New York Islanders they weren't even competitive five to one they start off the game up oh, Pittsburgh ah, they're back four nothing uh, first period lead over Detroit uh, great response after that terrible effort against the Islanders the night before and then slowly but surely, here's Detroit chipping away at the lead, chipping away at the lead, and they eventually get it to 4-4 in the third, and then they come all the way back and complete the comeback, down 4 nothing. They come back to win it 5-4 uh, in overtime. Jake Wallman finishes a wonderful two-on-one rush with Andrew Kopp and completes it with the debut and the inaugural gritty dance in the National Hockey League. Uh, it, was, it was a phenomenal moment, uh, like I said. Uh, last night in that uh, Red Wings and P 
Penguins game. Just everything about that goal. It was a spectacular goal. It was a great play. Uh, it completed a, a scintillating comeback uh, by the Detroit Red Wings uh, in that game. Uh, and then, of course, you've got the gritty. And then you've got the great call by Ken Daniels on the Detroit Red Wings uh, broadcast. Uh, what a silly! Uh, I mean, it was just uh, absolutely a, a great moment and cool. And unfortunately, I know ESPN and Sports Center they showed it uh, on their network. Uh, I wish they'd show more full game highlights for the NHL, not just these little things that occur during a game. But uh, nevertheless, uh, it was a fun moment. Uh, it was great. You know, it's it's pretty cool to see them actually do that kind of that gritty dance on skates. That's not easy to do. So uh, credit to uh, Jake Wallman there. Uh, that you're exactly right. That's not an easy thing to comp, to pull off at, without falling down on your keister. And, and Jake Wallman did that. Uh, for the uh, Detroit Red Wings and uh, gets the overtime winner. A spectacular comeback by the uh, Red Wings. And uh, Mike Sullivan, a little ornery in the press conference. He was getting a little snappy at the uh, at the uh, reporters that were asking him questions after that game last night. So uh, all of a sudden, isn't it crazy how Pittsburgh could do no wrong? And now all of a sudden, here they are. They blow a lead to Carolina before the break. They, they just look awful in the first game after the break against the New York Islanders. They have an absolutely terrible collapse last night, 4 nothing lead after the first period on home ice, and you can't hold the lead and you lose 5-4. I'm not saying push the panic button time with the Pittsburgh Penguins, but they got to nip this in the bud. You know, you cannot let this snowball now. These are three in their each in their own way. These are three losses in a row that are awful losses just based on you had the game against Carolina you blew it you had the Islander game where you didn't even show up you know you weren't ready to play that night and then you have the game last night against Detroit where you're up four nothing you've got to win that game period I don't care what the circumstances are uh, I don't care what led up to Detroit getting themselves back into the game and the individual plays that led to Detroit scoring those goals you cannot lose a game like that when you're up four nothing after the first period so they need a response now, Pittsburgh, because this could this could this could be one of those St. Louis situations we saw earlier this year, or Toronto way back in October where they had that California road trip. They lost like five or six in a row. Will that happen for Pittsburgh? Because uh, alarming uh, that their defensive game has eroded here uh, the last few games, and we'll see if they can they get it back uh, moving forward. Uh, but that was last night. Let's turn the page to tonight because we've got a massive card and we will start with Detroit and Buffalo here on this Thursday NHL slate. Buffalo minus 170 home favorites in this game. Six and a half uh, being the uh, total uh, in this one. The Detroit Red Wings, how do they play tonight after that spectacular comeback uh, against the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins last night? It's going to be interesting because you have that kind of win, that kind of moment, obviously complete with the Jake Wallman, uh, gritty Selly uh, on that overtime winner, you know, may not necessarily be easy to be ready to play uh, here on a back-to-back. -back, although this is a scenario where, again, we saw last night and it's worth noting, uh, keep this in mind. Pittsburgh was the only team, believe it or not, of the three last night where it was a team that's played a game since the break playing against an opponent that hasn't played a game since the break. Two of those three teams that had a game under their belt ended up winning last night uh, in the NHL. So that's important to point that out uh, and uh, something to keep in mind. And certainly when you look at this uh, game here, it's another similar situation where you've got the Pitts, uh, Detroit Red Wings that have gotten a game under their belt, playing a Buffalo Sabres team that is just playing their first game 
following the break. And not only that, but it was a very, very long break for the uh, Buffalo Sabres because they had a couple of games postponed due to weather issues with the massive snow storms and blizzards that have absolutely pulverized the Western New York area and the Buffalo region uh, over the last few weeks, leading to multiple games being uh, postponed. Uh, and so Buffalo now has had 10 days off, you know, since their last game, which was all the way back on December 19th when they ended that uh, three-game road trip in Vegas with a 3-2 win. So Buffalo was playing good going into this little scheduling break that they've had. Uh, four games in a row, they had one. They beat L.A. 6-0 at home, and then they sweep that road trip through Colorado, Arizona, and Vegas. But you are talking 10 days off. That is not something that you normally see. You know, for a team, it's just not something you normally see uh, this te uh, team in the middle of the regular season having this much time off. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres have only had three days or more between games once this year, and they did go one and oh, they did win that game. Uh, so keep that in mind. But this is 10 days off. This is a totally different type of situation uh, tonight in this one. I think if you're going to back Detroit, I actually am tempted to take Detroit here in the first period because I think. You know, a little positive, you know, a carryover from last night, maybe early. They could jump on Buffalo. I haven't played for 10 games. I'm going to sprinkle a little bit on the Red Wings first period at plus 120, plus 125. Uh, that's the price you can get with the Red Wings uh, in the first period. I think Buffalo will get better, will get stronger uh, as the game goes on. You know, they shake off the 10-day break. You know, the turkey legs, if you will. That's what I'm going to call them. Uh, that's what I'm going to start saying now. When a team's playing their first game or first period after a Christmas break, I'm going to say, you got to shake the turkey legs out of your system uh, if you're the uh, Buffalo Sabres. And uh, we'll see if they can do that early in this game. As far as the goaltending matchup is concerned, we do expect UPL uh, to be in net for the Sabres. And why not? Uh, he has been absolutely a terrific, actually, the last couple of times we've seen him in net. And that's, of course, I'm talking about Uko Pekalukanen uh, here for the uh, Buffalo Sabres. This kid is starting to get better. Uh, there's no question about that. He is starting to get a little bit more improvement uh, at this point in time. Uh, you know, his numbers overall aren't good, but you really break it down into shorter term uh, sample size here for UPL, Uko Pekalukanen. He was terrific in the Colorado game. He gave up just two goals on 41 shots. Uh, came back against Vegas, and he had to be immense in that game. If you'll remember, I was on Buffalo, best bet on this show at Vegas, December 19th. That show, I had them as a best bet as a big underdog, the Sabres. They won 3-2, and I watched that game obviously very closely. And Uko Pekalukanen was immense in the third period to make that lead stand up, to make that win uh, hold up for the Buffalo Sabres in that game. He was absolutely terrific. Uh, so he is definitely getting better uh, in between the pipes. And look, they got to see if he can be capable of being a number one guy. And the only way they're going to figure that out, you know, is if they keep starting him. So it's probably going to be Lucan in a net. It's likely going to be Alex Nedeljkovic for the Detroit Red Wings here on a back-to-back -back after uh, Billy Husso uh, got the start in Pittsburgh uh, last night. Uh, and you know, I'm not a big fan of the way he's played this year, Nedeljkovic, uh, for the uh, Red Wings. He's obviously had... Uh, a tough run in two years with this team. Uh, his last start was all the way back December the 8th against Florida. Five goals allowed on 41 shots. Before that, he faced this Buffalo team, and they ended up on the losing end of it. Uh, five to four uh, against the Sabres. Gave up four goals uh, on 34 shots, and it was a shootout a loss for him and the Red Wings that night. So 
there's a bunch of different ways I'm going to attack this game here tonight. I do like Detroit in the first period, plus 120. But I do like Buffalo team total over three and a half. So you think that's kind of weird. I, I, I get it. It's, not, it's a unique way of going about things here. But I really do think Detroit is just going to have that advantage early in the first 20 minutes. They have the game under their belt. Uh, and Buffalo could take, you know, a period to really get their get to their game, get to their skating legs. Again, shake off the turkey legs, as I like to say. So I like Detroit in the first period, but I do like the Sabre team total uh, over three and a half, which you can get at around minus 125 uh, in this game. Uh, I think definitely they could get to four goals uh, against a Detroit team. I think as this game goes on, you're going to see, you know, them maybe start to wear down a little bit. And certainly you'll also look at the fact that they're playing a Detroit team uh, on a back-to-back here. And uh, although, again, back-to-backs the first time after the break, maybe not as detrimental because you had the days off uh, before uh, the Pittsburgh game if you're Detroit. But I still think Buffalo will get stronger as it goes on. And uh, you look at the way they've been putting up goals. Uh, They have scored uh, four goals or more in three of their last four games before the break. They scored five when they played Detroit just earlier this season in, in November in Detroit. And then the last time Detroit was here, back on Halloween night, it was a scary night for Detroit that night, giving up eight goals to this Buffalo Sabres team. One of those patented nights when Tage Thompson, TNT, he went absolutely wild that night in that 8-3 win against Detroit. Uh, So it's been, they haven't been able to shut down Buffalo at all in two games, this Detroit Red Wings team. So I like Detroit early plus 125. I like Buffalo team total over three and a half minus 125. And I'm also going to look at that full game over six and a half. Although I do like the way UPL is trending right now. So I, I probably will lessen the amount on that. I think the two that I like even more than the full game over are going to be that Detroit first period money line and the Buffalo team total uh, over three and a half here, minus 125, a little smaller on that over six and a half with the uh, Sabres and the Red Wings. Although you can't argue with the two uh, previous head to head meetings this year, Detroit versus Buffalo. One of them was five, four, the other was eight to three. So easily both of them sail over the total. So I still think that full game over worth a look, worth a bet here tonight in this one with the Red Wings and the Sabres. Uh, As far as props go in this one, it's one of those games where, uh, you know, it's basically the same. I regurgitate the same shit every time we talk about Buffalo player props. It's usually, you know, Skinner, you know, for the uh, Sabres has definitely played well lately. Tage Thompson tucked that whole line. Don't sleep on, you know, the guys down the lineup. Uh, Dylan Cousins, Jack Quinn, and J.J. Paterka, I think, are very all every night. They, the value is there for their props because they're not priced like Thompson and Tuck and Skinner, those guys on the top line. Uh, we're starting to see Peyton Krebs get going a little bit. He has scored three goals and he has four points uh, for the Buffalo Sabers in the last seven games. He's we, we know there's definitely offensive talent there and ability. And you might be able to see that uh, more and more, I think, as the season goes on. He's starting to get some confidence going for them. All right, Ottawa and Washington. Uh, next up here, we've got the Washington Capitals, uh, minus 175 home favorites in this game, six uh, being the uh, total uh, in this one. Uh, these two teams just met recently, and if not for Cam Talbot, it was going to be uh, Washington probably in a romp. Uh, but instead, Washington needs overtime to beat Ottawa three to two again. Cam Talbot's the reason Ottawa got a point uh, out of that game. Just like Cam Talbot was the reason they beat Boston in a shootout uh, on Tuesday night 
three to two, 51 shots faced. Look, he's in his own right now for the Ottawa Senators. Make no mistake about it. I mean, this has been a good, uh, not just good, great couple of games uh, in net for Cam Talbot for the uh, Ottawa Senators. Will he keep this going is the question. And that's what we always see with Talbot. He'll give you a couple of good starts where he teases you about his ability to be Brodeur-like, Patrick Waugh-like, Bernie Perrant-like, Grant Fuhr-like, Dominic Hasek-like. Um, name any a great goaltender of the last several decades. Uh, he'll give you that in little flashes, little glimpses, little spurts. But will he give it to you consistently for six, seven, eight games in a row? Not usually. Uh, and that's always the concern you have here with uh, Talbot. Well, but uh, look, he's been great in net. And the Ottawa Senators, I'm telling you what, their offense is starting to click a little bit more. Uh, we've seen them uh, you know, start to put the puck in the net, at least with a little more regularity. It's it's mostly been, you know, Batherson. Batherson's just been on a terrific tear. I mean, if you're going to bet anything in terms of props right now with the Ottawa Senators, I mean, you got to have point props in mind with Batherson, especially if you're going to do the same game parlays. And I like to dabble in those and just put in, you know, maybe a goal score prop, a couple points props. Well, it's an automatic to put Drake Batherson in a points prop, uh, same game or you know, same game parlay involving player points uh, because he is on a terrific run. Uh, the point streak for him is now at what, 11 games at a multi-point game against Boston. Uh, he scored goals now for the uh, Senators in five goals in the last six games uh, for them uh, coming into tonight. So, there's no question about it. Batherson's been absolutely rolling for the uh, Senators in terms of his offense. Uh, Alex DeBrinkett has picked it up of late as well. He's scored in back-to-back games. Uh, he has a boatload of points in the last seven games. Uh, how about uh, 11 points for uh, Alex DeBrinkett, the cat, as they call him. 11 points for the Ottawa Senators uh, in the last seven games. So his offense has picked up remarkably well and those have been the two guys that have been car- carrying it that line in particular has been b- uh, really good to bring it pinto and batherson not, not like a chuck stutzla and Giroux have been bad but uh, definitely that second line has been uh, an offensive machine lately uh, for the ottawa senators you've got washington winning five in a row uh, very impressive two nights ago you know you go to madison square garden the rangers were playing better hockey and they shut them out shut them down uh for nothing very impressive shutout victory there uh, for the uh, Washington Capitals. Looks like Darcy Kemper uh, is going to get the start. Uh, they've been easing him back from that injury. They gave him the Ottawa game last week. He got the victory. He didn't start against Winnipeg on the back-to-back. Gave it to Charlie uh, Lindgren. Uh, but he was in net against the Rangers, and he shut out the Rangers. 32 saves in that game. Looked very good. He was, I, I think it was one of his best performances, honestly. Uh, as a member of the Washington Capitals, uh, no question about that. And, you know, that's what he's capable of being. We know it's been kind of a, I don't want to say disappointing start, but there's been all kinds of issues with Washington more than Kemper. Kemper, I don't think, has played as well, but keep in mind they've had some injuries on defense. They were missing, obviously, uh, Dmitry Orlov for a long period of time. They've still got Mar- Martin Fehervari dealing with an upper body injury. And uh, John Carlson. Uh, on injured reserve now as well for the Capitals. So just when they get Orlov back, now you've still got two other defensemen uh, out. I think what's impressive about the win streak for Washington is they are doing away with this long-term, well, it's not rhetoric, it's fact, this long-term fact that we have seen from them that they can't win uh, without uh, TJ Oshie. You know, that has been a a big-time issue for the Washington Capitals in the past, that no TJ Oshie, 
no success or at least not as much success, but you know, they've missed Oshi now for a long period of time. He's missed uh, four games in a row for the uh, Washington Capitals. They won all four games. So, you know, they're, they're starting to learn how to play without him, which is a real good sign moving forward uh, for Washington uh, going into this game here against uh, Ottawa tonight. You know, it's it, this one to me is going to be, you know, you've got Talbot playing well. You've got Kemper coming off one of his best starts in a while. And you got to assume it's Talbot. It actually hasn't been confirmed that he's the starter, but I'd be absolutely stunned if it's not Cam Talbot in net. Um, and the last meeting between these two teams did go under the total. Uh, we've seen back-to-back games between these two teams in Washington stay under the total. You know, if the goalies play or play like they have lately, this could be an under, uh, honestly, uh, with this total sitting at six in this game. But I don't think I'm going to play it either way, side or total. Washington's on a good run. They've been winning games. They are still, I think, the better team at the moment than Ottawa. But, you know, you look at Ottawa because of Talbot's play. They almost beat Washington last week uh, in Ottawa, took them to overtime because Talbot was out immense. And we just saw what Talbot did against Boston the other night. You're talking about a real hot goaltender right now. Uh, And if you buy into that carrying over, which is always the big question for Talbot, you know, maybe you can take a shot here with a plus 150, plus 160, or actually plus 150 is the price here with Ottawa. But I'm going to probably stay off the game altogether. I would look more toward props, Batherson point, goal, props, that type of thing, to break it, you know, in some form. Uh, they've been going for the uh, uh, Ottawa Senators. It's going to be interesting. And by the way, I'm not going to miss out this time. Eric Gustafson here for this Washington team. It's ridiculous how all of a sudden, how he's just become this offensive dynamo for the uh, Washington Capitals. Look, he's always been a good offensive defenseman, Eric Gustafson. You know, he's been with Chicago in the past. He's been with Montreal uh, in the past. He's always been a guy that's capable of putting up points from the blue line. But I don't know if we saw this coming from Eric Gustafson. This is an insane, virtually out of nowhere, because in November and into the early part of December, this guy was sitting on like one point in like a 10 or 11 game span. Last five games for the Washington Capitals, the defenseman Eric Gustafson has five goals and he has nine points in the last five games. How crazy is that? Five goals and nine points in the last five games for Gustafson uh, on the blue line here for Washington. So whatever props you can find on him, take him. Take him because he's got it absolutely, you know, he's feeling it right now. Uh, he's jumping into the play. He's now on the top pair, uh, and he's probably going to get even more power play time. Yeah, he's on PP1. Uh, he's on the peeper, and he's on the first uh, unit of that power play for Washington right now, Eric Gustafson. And why is that? Because John Carlson's out. So he's taken over that spot right now uh, for them. He's been producing. And so I'm looking right now, thanks to our uh, bet stamp, which is just an incredible app, he is plus 625 to score a goal at Caesars tonight. Eric Gustafson, Washington Capitals. Again, what has he got? Five goals in the last nine games. And power play points are available for Gustafson. Plus 310 to get a power play point. I mean, really good. Both of those are tremendous value. Uh, no question about that. Um, so uh, Gustafson to get a goal. Again, you can get in the plus 600 range with that and to get a power play point. Uh, you're looking at basically plus 300 north of that. Uh, And he does play on the power play. And actually, if you look at his production, Gustafson of late for the uh, Washington Capitals, you'll notice 
uh, power play points have been part of the equation. In fact, he got a power play assist uh, in the game against the uh, Rangers. One of his points did come with the man advantage. So uh, lots of good options there in that one. So it's more of a prop game for me. Uh, this one with Ottawa and Washington. All right, New York Rangers, Tampa Bay Lightning. We've got the Lightning minus 140, home favorites, six the total uh, in this game. Uh, of course, Eastern Conference Finals rematch uh, between the Rangers and the Lightning. If you're going to handicap this game and you're going to find reasons to say, I like the New York Rangers in this game, please find something more to your argument and your reasoning than playoff revenge. Okay, I don't want to hear it. I'm not interested. Okay, first of all, yeah, they lost to the Tampa Bay Lightning in the Eastern Conference Final last year, but they already played them earlier this year, the New York Rangers, to open the season October 11th at Madison Square Garden, and they beat Tampa Bay that night uh, by a score of 3-1. to one. You know, that was the night that they were really, like, first time facing the Lightning since that playoff series. That was the moment where, hey, we're really looking to get this team you know, now it's just, it's water under the bridge now. They got that win on opening night. You know, now it's not playoff revenge. The reason you would take the Rangers here is because they're off a dismal game. They have been fairly good off a loss going back to last year. Uh, obviously, they didn't like the way they played against Washington. Uh, they said, you know, parts of our game were really good. The offensive execution wasn't. And, and that's true. I mean, they did fire 32 shots. It wasn't like Washington dominated the game, but Washington made the most of their chances. Uh, the New York Rangers didn't. And they ran into a goaltender in Darcy Kemper that night who played very well uh, for the uh, Rangers as well. So I kind of lean Rangers here, but I I, I don't want to step in front of Tampa. Even on a – and back, look, it is back-to-back. But again, these back-to-back situations – with and it's, this is no travel, this back-to-back, because they were home to Montreal last night. They win that game 4-1. to one. There's no travel involved. You know, it's not like that was a taxing game. You know, they've coasted to victory, essentially, uh, up comfortably in that game. I think John Cooper, if you actually look, he was starting to manage the minutes of his top six forwards late in that game when they got that lead to 4-0, knowing they're playing tonight against the Rangers. So this should be fresh as a daisy, Tampa Bay Lightning team on a back-to-back, you know, considering the scenario. You know, it didn't tax themselves last night against Montreal. There's no travel, and they're coming off the Christmas break when you had a shit ton of days off. So you shouldn't feel, you know, oh, we're really fatigued. We're really we've hit the wall physically. Shouldn't have any of that shit tonight if you're Tampa Bay. You should still be uh, ready to go uh, and uh, pretty much good in terms of your energy level tonight facing this Rangers team. The big news for the New York Rangers is the healthy scratch, the benching, if you will. That's what it is. It's a benching of Alexi Lafreniere. And, and I think we were getting close to that point where it was going to happen uh, because I've been as patient as uh, a mother hen when it comes to Alexi Lafreniere uh, this season and in his career where I've talked about, you know, give him time. Sometimes I know he's a number one overall pick. There's a high level of expectations for this kid, especially what he did in junior. I get all that. I understand that. But and I, I was like, let's give him a let's give him a chance here. Let's let him develop his game, get more comfortable. But at some point, you know, you've got to address that he, he's not progressing to the level he should be for, for, you know, you're talking about a number one overall pick in 2020. You know, it's now what, his third year in the league? And he is sitting on five goals, 12 assists 
for the New York Rangers this year. Uh, you know, five goals in 36 games. You need more. You need more from the guy. You know, it's that simple. And that's another thing, too. Uh, it's a good point. Someone in the chat asking how old is he? He's only 21. Think about that. He came into the league when he was 18, you know, 19 years old. You know, looking like a player that certainly was, you know, deer in the headlights a little bit. Um, not ready, maybe, to be at his absolute best. But now you're in year three. And I get it. You're still only 21. You're still a very young kid. But you, you need to start progressing. We need to see that development. We need to see that progression in your game. And we're not seeing it to the level that we, we should be with him. And it's not just the offensive production. A lot of it is effort when you don't have the puck. And that is what has also been bothering Gerard Gallant uh, lately, is that you know he's not been really good away from the puck either at times this year for the uh, New York Rangers. So uh, a healthy scratch. And look, he was already de demoted to the fourth line uh, in the last game against Washington. And so I guess this was the next logical step where, you know, sit him down, let him watch, let him observe, let him see if that sparks something that, you know, and that he can use to move forward uh, and really, you know, improve his game. Maybe some, sometimes that's all it takes for players that they just need to sit out, watch a game from the press box and, and look at things from an outside perspective and see, okay, this is what I need to be doing. I need to be improving at this. I need to do that. I need to back check more. I've got to pass the puck more. Uh, I've got to find open space better than I am right now. I've got to do all these little things that sometimes players, it only fucking gets into their head, you know, to do this shit when they are watching the game live from afar. And you would think, well, hold on now. Don't these players consult with the coaching staff day in and day out with their with the video team? And don't they show clips of the previous games? Aren't they supposed to be watching video and figuring out what they're doing wrong already? I am telling you, when you're watching a game live, as it's happening, you pick up on things you would not necessarily pick up on just watching replays and watching video clips of that same game. When you're watching the game live at that rate of speed, Believe me, players will see things maybe that they wouldn't see just basically looking at replays, if you know what I mean. That's that's essentially, and that's, I think, what Lafreniere needs right now. He just needs, you know, to uh, look at things, look at his own game, look at how this game is going right now for him and see what he can pick up in terms of, you know, improving himself based on watching a game live from upstairs. So we'll see how he does. And John, you're right. You know, if you're going to put him on the fourth line, don't put him in the lineup at all. You know, it's, it's a complete waste of time putting him down there on the fourth line. He is not a fourth line type player. He, if he's going to play, he's got to get the minutes. He's got to be top six forward. That That's what he, that's what he was drafted to be. That's where he's got to play. So I agree. Like if he's, if he's not, if you're that upset with his game right now, sit him out. Don't waste don't waste the team's time. Don't waste his time, you know, with putting him on a fourth line because he's going to do squat for you to help a team on a fourth line role. So uh, this is the right move here. Like if you're upset with his play, you need more from him. This is what you got to do. So, you know, as, as far as the lineup now for the Rangers without Lafreniere here tonight, in terms of what it's going to look like, uh, there's really not a ton of change in terms of the top six. Kreider, Zabanajad, Kako look like the top line. Still intact. Uh, Panarin, Trocek, and Barclay Goudreau, uh, the second line. Kratsov, Hedl, and Gauthier, 
again, very interesting. Obviously, with Lafreniere out, that means kid line is no longer a thing going into tonight. As far as Tampa Bay goes, uh, Brandon Hagel point, Nikita Kucherov, Stamkos, Paul Colton, uh, top six forwards there. Uh, again, the Rangers on the uh, uh, after the four nothing loss, Tampa on the back to back. I am probably going to look more toward maybe some props in this game. This could be an under too. Let's be honest. Five or six straight head to head meetings have gone under the total, including of course the playoff series last year uh, between these two teams. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see who's in net though, because there's a potential we see a Brian Elliott sighting for Tampa Bay uh, after we saw. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky in net, and that 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 would have me interested in a Rangers team total if I see that. I'll be honest; I did not like Brian Elliott's game at all uh, the last time we saw him against Detroit before the Christmas break. It wasn't good at all. Um, but uh, you know, the Tampa, maybe Tampa Bay is going to also be of the mindset that we played pretty poorly defensively. A lot of that, though, is Elliott was not great against Detroit. Let's make amends for that if he's in net tonight in this game against the New York Rangers. But that's not a sure thing yet. We don't have confirmed goalies uh, on either side for this Rangers-Lightning game. So it's a tough game to bet right now until we have that information. I don't want to go against the Rangers after that kind of loss against Washington. Although it does feel like there's some issues still going on with the team and Lafreniere bench now and how are they going to respond to that. Uh, And Tampa Bay's, you know, trying to get back on track. They had those two losses to Toronto and Detroit before the break. They bounced back strong. They were pretty much in control against Montreal. But I, I do lean Rangers, and I'll probably be interested more in the Rangers if we see that it's uh, Elliott confirmed in net uh, for them tonight in this one. But uh, def- definitely a wait-and-see approach for me with that game till we know uh, a little bit more with the lineups and specifically the goalies. All right, Montreal and Florida. We've got uh, Florida minus 350 home favorites, six and a half the total in this game. The uh, Look, if you're Florida, it's it, this is this is to me, and look, I have not been enamored with this team. I mean, look at their record, 15 and 20. You know, that's their record. They're five games below 500. You know, they are not enamored, you know, or I'm not enamored with this hockey team right now and the way they're playing. I'm not impressed. Uh, it was not very good for Florida going into the Christmas break. To say they limped into the break would be an understatement. Uh, two and seven, or two and six rather, in their last eight games going into the Christmas break. Three consecutive losses. They got blown out by the Boston Bruins uh, in Beantown. They lost 4 2 to New Jersey. They get pretty much dominated uh, by the New York Islanders 5 to 1 uh, in the final game before the break. And then what was supposed to be a step up spot to bounce back. I mean, this team is floundering badly right now. But you sometimes see these kind of instances where the, the break comes at a good time. And maybe this did come at a good time here for the uh, Florida Panthers, this this break. Because I'm telling you what, uh, they needed it. And maybe it's a t- chance to hit the reset button. Uh, there are things to like about Florida going into this game tonight. Obviously, it's a team that did have some uh, injuries including, of course, the big one being Alexander Barkov prior to the break. Uh, He missed the last three games. He is back uh, in the lineup tonight for the uh, Florida Panthers uh, in this game. So, look, this is a spot for Florida to put their foot down, wake up, start playing better to the level that they're supposed to, and step on the neck of a team that's got basically an AHL defense right now. Let's be honest. Montreal's got an AHL defense right now uh, on the blue line that that's what they have 
I mean, other than Joel Edmondson, who is a nice veteran defenseman, they've got guys that just aren't ready to play minutes that they're being asked to play right now. Caden Gooley, Arbor Jackeye, Johnny Kovacevic, Jordan Harris, Justin Barron. These guys aren't ready for big minutes in the NHL yet, any of them. And I love Jackeye because he played for the Hamilton Bulldogs here. Tough as nails. He's, you don't want to get into a fight with him right now with what we've seen. I like that he's physical. He'll put someone on their can in front of the net. He worked his guts out. Uh, he worked, you know, he worked as uh, worked as hard as can be uh, to get to the NHL level. But you know, they've got him as a third defenseman now, playing a ton of minutes. I mean, at the NHL level, I mean, that's where we're at with Montreal, and they're going to struggle with it. We saw it last night. I mean, just breakdowns and giving up easy goals to the Tampa Bay Lightning in that four-one loss. Uh, they lost 4-2 to Dallas before the break. You know, this is a team that now with this defense, with where it's at, you know, they're going to be hard-pressed to keep the goals against down. Simple as that. Uh, and uh, I think there's going to be some issues possibly tonight. Uh, obviously, Jake Allen was in net last night. This is back-to-back for Montreal. So we should, should see Samuel Montembeau uh, in net tonight for the uh, Montreal Canadiens uh, in this one uh, against uh, Florida. And it would make sense to for him to be in there tonight situationally because, look, this used to be the team he was with, uh, the Florida Panthers. And you would think he's definitely going to be excited, uh, fired up at the chance to play the Florida Panthers. No question about that. But at the same time, we also said when we talked Carolina-Chicago the other night, first game after the uh, break, that, uh, you know, be careful with Carolina and Chicago where, yeah, Peter Morozik's facing his old team, but Peter Morozik's not very good. And the team in front of him isn't very good. It doesn't mean you're going to win. And it kind of feels that way with Sam Montembeau tonight. Yeah, I mean, he's going to want to uh, prove a point here against his old uh, team, Florida. But he doesn't have a he doesn't have an NHL caliber blue line in front of him, just like Jake Allen didn't last night. I mean, you're seeing it clear as day uh, that, uh, you know, it's just a very young blue line uh, at the moment. And with Florida. I, I, everything you're reading out of Florida is they're, they're, they're chomping at the bit to get back on the ice and, and play this game and get their game back on track. And so I, I like Florida in the first period here. Uh, that's what I'm going to look at. I'm going to take a shot here with Florida in the first period. It's going to be minus a half plus 110 uh, with the Panthers first period puck line. That's, that's where I'm going. That's where I'm going in this game is that Montreal uh, first period puck line here with the uh, Panthers uh, in this one. As far as the total goes, I would lean to over six and a half. It is Sergei Bobrovsky uh, in net for the Florida Panthers. We know his season has been uh, a a struggle, uh, two and five in his last uh, seven games, although the goals against is 2.89. So he's had some decent starts in there. The big problem is, you know, uh, Florida's not exactly scored a ton of goals during this skid that they've been on either. He still needs to be better. Does the break, you know, get his game back on track as well? We'll see. But I think the first period, though, if I, I'm going to buy into what Florida's telling me, what Maurice is saying, what Matthew Kachuk is saying, what Aaron Ekblad is saying, what uh, Barkov is saying, they're all saying we need to get our game going. We need a, uh, and we need a good start. We've been falling behind in games lately this Florida Panthers team. Uh, So I'm going to go with the first period here, Florida. It's a situational bet. Nothing in current form tells you that you want to really bank on this Panthers team. But look, they got a Montreal team that's reeling on the blue line right now. Surely they can get an early goal and an early lead in this one with uh, Montreal 
uh, just very, very depleted and filled with youth, inexperience, and guys that just aren't ready to play big minutes on the blue line. And yet, because of uh, circumstance, they have to uh, right now. So uh, I'm going to go with the Florida first period puck line plus 110. And to be honest, that's the only smidgen of value you can find with Florida in this game. You're certainly not going to lay minus 350 or minus 360 with them in this game. And you're certainly, I'm certainly not going to lay the puck line even with them because it's minus one and a half, minus 140 uh, in this game with Florida on the puck line. Uh, that is just not something I'm going to be looking to do. The only thing, I, and I think first period is actually a better bet than anything full game with Florida because they're talking about we've got to start strong here. Pounce on the Panthers here, uh, or pounce on the Canadians rather in this uh, opening period and get your friggin' team back on track here after just an absolutely brutal run going into the Christmas break. So, and again, Ekblad healthy. There was some question if he'd play tonight. He's in. Barkov's back after missing three. And we talked about how they miss his offense. They miss his defense a lot as well, Barkov. He's a great two-way player. So uh, definitely, I think Florida first period puck line is the way I'm going to approach this one here tonight with the Canadians and the Panthers. Uh, all right, next up here, and as far as props go in this game, uh, you know, I, I I think this is one where if you like Barkov over points, I like that tonight. I think he comes back. He's the captain, leads by example. Uh, if you can get his player uh, points prop in this game, I think you can look in that direction. Uh, don't overthink it. Don't overcomplicate it. I know we've talked about all season long, the value bargain bin guys for the Florida Panthers. Uh, you know, you're a uh, you, you, uh, bunch of guys that have been, you know, a little undervalued on this team talking about your, uh, you know, Anton Lindell's and your Ito, Ito cool mint loose arenas and guys like that, that I've said, Hey, that's where the value is. But I think on a night like tonight, you lead, you look for the captain, you know, returning to the lineup to lead by example for the uh, Florida Panthers. So I, I do like the over one and a half at plus one sixty for points for him uh, tonight in this game. I think that's definitely uh, not a bad look uh, for this uh, game with Montreal uh, and Florida. All right, next up here, we've got Columbus taking on the uh, New York Islanders. Uh, Islanders minus 240, home favorites, six and a half being the total uh, in this game. Um, you know, the Islanders are uh, the Islanders have, uh, coming out of the Christmas break with a terrific performance against Pittsburgh, 5-1. And, on the, and before the uh, break, they had another 5-1 win uh, against the Florida Panthers. So very impressive out of this Islanders team scoring goals. You know, it's funny because outside of the Colorado game, and remember Colorado's really dragged everybody to low scoring hockey. The last seven games for the New York Islanders, they've gone four, uh, one and two to the over, but uh, only uh, six of those seven games have gotten to at least six goals. Uh, and we'll see if they can keep the offensive onslaught going here against the Islanders. Islanders have won five straight head to head. Uh, against the uh, Blue Jackets. This is uh, another uh, example uh, here where we've got a team that has played since the Christmas break, the New York Islanders, playing against a, an opponent that has not played a game since the Christmas break. Columbus has been off since last Friday, so this will be their first game since the uh, break. Uh, I would look probably, if anything here, because the Islanders do have their offense going right now. It's a team total route for me uh, in this one. More toward a three and a half uh, team total for the Islanders, minus 140. I think that's not a bad way to go uh, here in this game tonight, especially with Jonas Corpusalo, uh confirmed uh, in net for the uh, Jackets. Uh, you know, he's not had a good season. A lot, a lot of the Columbus goalies have struggled. 3.43 uh, goals against average. 
905 save percentage. Uh, it's been a kind of a tough year for him uh, overall. Uh, he'll be a net tonight for the uh, Jackets. You look at their injury situation. Patrick Lyon, a uh, out still for the uh, Jackets. Uh, still multiple defensemen that we've talked about for weeks on this show that are out. Bean, Blankenberg, Wierenski, uh, all out for the Jackets. The captain, Jenner, uh, on IR still. Voracek, Danforth, uh, Igor Shinnikov, uh, all up front injuries for the Columbus Blue Jackets right now. So still very much a shorthanded hockey team going into this uh, first uh, game out of the break for them uh, against the uh, New York Islanders. Uh, I like Islanders team total over. I wouldn't go, I wouldn't look anything but that. Uh, they can probably get to four goals. We just, again, they've scored five five now in back-to-back games against the uh, uh, Penguins and the Panthers. So I think here at home, they've got a decent chance to get to four goals here against this Jackets team. So Islanders team total uh, over three and a half for me in this one. And when you look at the props here uh, going into this game, uh, definitely when you, uh, Anders Lee, I've got to give him credit. Uh, he's on a roll right now for, uh, the Islanders. Uh, he has, uh, seven points, uh, in the last six games for the Islanders, four goals during that span. Uh, he's been excellent, uh, offensively, uh, for them. Brock Nelson starting to see him get some, uh, offense going for the, uh, Islanders. And how about turning back the clock, uh, turning back the hands of time, Zach Parise, all of a sudden for the Islanders, he's kind of gotten uh, a few things going lately with two goals, three points uh, in the last uh, five games for the uh, New York Islanders. Very surprising there. So a uh, couple of prop considerations you could think of there for New York uh, in this game tonight. Uh, and again, it's just nice to see that, you know, for years we've talked about how this team's always, if they're going to win games, it's going to have to be those tight checking, defensive minded, uh, low scoring two to one, three to one wins for the New York Islanders. That's what might make them dangerous moving forward. They've got it. If they can show this is not a blip on the radar, this team can consistently score three goals or four goals. They don't even have to score five or six, but score at least three or four. You know, they're going to be in such a better position to win hockey games uh, moving forward. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, if they can maintain this uh, recent level uh, of offensive uh, improvement. Uh, Sorokin is likely uh, to be a net for the uh, Islanders tonight, although uh, it is not confirmed as of yet. A good sign for the Islanders is that he definitely played one of his better games in a while uh, in the victory against Pittsburgh uh, after uh, the break. Uh, and uh, we'll see if uh, he can uh, continue. <laughs> John Massey, spoken like a true Ranger fan, my, my friend. Uh, it's just going to be a blip, this little offensive surge here that we've seen lately from the Islanders, according to our guy, John Massey. But again, a disclaimer on that comment. He is a big Rangers fan. So, uh, But nevertheless, uh, right now they're scoring. I guess the question is, will it continue uh, moving forward? Uh, Jackets goalie is uh, Corpusalo uh, in uh, some, in net tonight. So someone in the uh, chat was asking. But yes, it's uh, Jonas Corpusalo uh, getting the uh, start for the uh, Jackets. There is one prop I do like for Columbus here. Uh, in this game tonight. Actually, there's two that you could look at. And it's crazy to say that because, you know, this is a team that kind of has struggled to score goals. But Marchenko and Johnson are playing with Nyquist on the top line. Uh, Goudreau with Bemstrom and Roslovic. Bemstrom, I mean, those three guys in particular, Bemstrom with Goudreau and Roslovic, and certainly Kent Johnson and Kirill Marchenko on the top line with Nyquist. That's your value right now. Those are the guys I would target for Columbus. And I think Marchenko is starting to get, you know, his offense going a little bit. I think he scored 
uh, right before the uh, Christmas break in that game against uh, Chicago. Yes, he did. In fact, he scored back-to-back games for the Jackets against the uh, Blackhawks and the Flyers right before the uh, Christmas break. So, uh, yeah, even though Columbus, I don't love them tonight, if if someone's going to score for them, it's likely going to be Marchenko. Johnson, of course, on on the top line has been undervalued. So there's still some props I would consider looking at here from a – uh, Jackets perspective, uh, even though the bet I like the most side or total is that team total over for the New York Islanders uh, here tonight. All right, next up, Chicago and St. Louis. We've got St. Louis minus 280 home favorites, six being the total uh, in this one uh, for the uh, Blackhawks. Obviously, uh, struggles, uh, it goes without saying, have been prevalent for them. Uh, one and nine in their last 10 games. Uh, they come back from the Christmas break. They get shut out. Uh, pretty much didn't even threaten the uh, Carolina Hurricanes uh, on uh, Tuesday night in that three nothing loss. They get outshot forty nine to twenty four. Uh, but but you know St. Louis has lost three in a row, and this is the streakiest team in the NHL. We've talked about this ad nauseum that when they're on a win streak, you bet them. When they're on a losing streak, you bet against them. And right now they're in the throes of yet another losing streak. You know after winning four in a row, they've uh, lost three in a row. Now to Seattle, Vegas, and again against Toronto. Their first game after the Christmas break, they lose in overtime to the uh, Leafs. So uh, I'm certainly not going to endorse them at this kind of price range here, minus 280 uh, in this game. But what I will look to probably do is, uh, again, this is another team total lean it would be for me on the Blues in this one. Uh, I am kind of interested in that because the one thing we've seen from the Blues uh, of late is, and especially with Cairo uh, on the ice, and he scored against Toronto, even though they lost in overtime. Uh, they are very offensively capable when they have him uh, on the ice. There's no question. If you actually look at St. Louis, other than the uh, 5-2 loss to the uh, Seattle Kraken, which came on a back-to-back, kind of a tough spot, uh, this St. Louis team has scored four-plus goals in five of their last six games. So, you know, the Blues are definitely feeling it right now. Uh, at this point offensively. It's just their own defense and goaltending from Binnington can't be trusted. So that becomes the issue here. And Binnington is confirmed in that. It will be Alex Stalock, by the way, for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks, who actually played well, returned to his first game action in a long time, his first game since November 1st, when he played Friday night against Columbus. 5-2 win, stopped 27 shots, looked solid. But again, Columbus has been kind of offensively stagnant, going to be probably more of a challenge tonight for Staylock and that for, uh, with the uh, Blackhawks against this St. Louis team. They've only played once this year, these two teams. It came back in Chicago uh, on November 16th. It was a 5-2 to two win uh, for the St. Louis Blues in that game. And one thing I want to point out, these teams have played each other three times in the year 2022, once earlier this season and twice in the back half of last season. St. Louis with five goals, four goals, and five goals uh, in those three games head-to-head against Chicago, and all of them were St. Louis victories. So uh, to me, I'm going to look towards St. Louis team total here uh, in this one. Uh, Over three and a half, you can get it at around uh, minus 130 uh, right now. Uh, A lot of the team totals that I bet are at pinnacle, and you often can get better prices with the team totals there. In fact, you can get minus 125 right now on that St. Louis team total over three and a half. Uh, with St. Louis uh, in this one. Bennington is in net, and look, Bennington continues to have issues, so maybe Chicago can get some offense going. I mean, Bennington's given up nine goals in the last two starts combined against the Golden Knights and the Leafs. So again, it's the, the, his his season has been 
disappointing. 3.2 goals against average, 895 save percentage. So, you know, if you want to take, uh, you know, maybe the full game over because of those numbers as well, you could, uh, and maybe I will do that. Maybe split it up with a Blues team total and a full game over in this one because you're right, Bennington is not in great form right now. Uh, but you got to think, if St. Louis is not going to snap this three-game losing streak tonight at home against this Chicago team, who they've beaten three times in a row, this could end up being a pretty long losing streak because you look at some of the schedule that the uh, Blues have after this game. Minnesota at Toronto at New Jersey, that's just the next three games. They've got a really tough schedule coming up here. Home, to, uh, you know, they're they're going to be uh, in in Toronto. Um, or, yeah, they're going to be at Toronto uh, after this. Home to Minnesota, at Toronto, at New Jersey. Then they play Minnesota again. They've got at Montreal. It's their one weaker opponent. Then they play Calgary twice, back to back. Tampa Bay. Have fun with that. It's brutal. That schedule for the Blues. To end the year after tonight and then going into the start of 2023 in January, that is a rough schedule. So if you don't snap this losing streak tonight against the Chicago Blackhawks, this really could spiral downward for this team. This could really snowball. So this becomes very important here for St. Louis to uh, get off the schneid. We'll see uh, if they can get the job done. All right, we will be back in just a second. We'll uh, do the uh, second half and break down the second half of the Thursday NHL card in just a second. But first, we'll pause to hear from our great sponsors, Gramco. All right. Whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, or on the ice, Gramco is for the game. Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products such as vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you and is also available at many American retailers as well. Get the best Delta 8 cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. If you visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you get 25% off of any order and all orders on the site that are over $50 and higher are shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. Yeah, one thing I want to mention, too, about that St. Louis-Chicago game. Um, I'm really upset I didn't bet uh, Carolina first period puck line. We know Chicago has been horrible, you know, at first periods. And betting the opponent of a, of the Chicago Blackhawks first period puck line has been the way to go. And I got a little, um, you know, I, I thought myself, you know, they're outsmarted myself uh, in the uh, last game against Carolina. I went team total, and I, and I didn't take Carolina first period puck line. I'll probably look at that as well. Uh, minus a half, plus 115, plus 120 with uh, St. Louis uh, first period puck line tonight. I mean, it's just been insane, you know, how much that has cashed in games against the Chicago Blackhawks uh, this season. So probably we'll look at that Blues first period puck line uh, in this one as well. All right, next up, we continue along. We've got five games left, Dallas and Minnesota. Minnesota minus 120, home favorite, six the total uh, in this game. Uh, should be interesting to see how this goes. Um, Minnesota, I'm telling you what, very impressive. Uh, first game after the break, beating Winnipeg 4-1. to one. I know Winnipeg had a, some injuries, uh, no question, but don't totally take away from Minnesota what they accomplished. I mean, it's not easy to win in Winnipeg. They played a very solid game. 
They got good goaltending from Gustafson, and uh, they cap. Excuse me. They capitalized on a lot of their chances uh, and did a really nice job. And they continue to play really good, solid team defense. I mean, it certainly looks like an anomaly them giving up five to San Jose because outside of that, uh, this team gave up just one to the Jets the other night. They gave up one to Anaheim, two to Ottawa, one to Chicago, one to Detroit, one to Edmonton. Shut out Vancouver. Uh, they've been an under machine as of late. Uh, seven and one to the under. Uh, in their last eight games, and a lot of it is because they've been doing an excellent job defensively uh, as of late here. Uh, Dallas coming off a 3-2 uh, win uh, on the road against uh, Nashville, their first game uh, following the uh, break. Uh, and, of course, these two teams, don't forget, just recently, December the 4th, they were involved in a quote-unquote wild one, no pun intended. All right, pun intended. A uh, 6-5 to five shootout win for uh, Minnesota in Dallas, where Minnesota was up big, blew the lead. Uh, Dallas came all the way back from being down 4-1 uh, to one at one point in that game, uh, and they ended up uh, tying it up 5-5, five, five, and it ended up going to a shootout, and the Wild won 6-5 to five, uh, in a shootout uh, in that game. Um, you know, when you look at this uh, Minnesota team at home, they're only minus 120. I lean that way. Um, I'm certainly not rushing to step in front of Minnesota right now on home ice with the way they're playing defensively right now. It's been a very good defensive uh, effort from this team consistently uh, in recent games. Uh, definitely would lean at least to the Minnesota side here in this one. And they've actually done well against Dallas. Uh, they've uh, won six of the last eight head-to-head -head meetings against them uh, going into this one. Uh, very short price at home. Yeah, for me, I would look at the Minnesota side uh, in this one, talking them around minus 120 uh, against the uh, Dallas Stars. That it's going to be Ottinger and Flurry, uh, by the way, in that and uh, for the in this matchup. So it should be a pretty good goaltending matchup. Flurry uh, was excellent the last time we saw him against Anaheim. In fact, his game has been much better the last three starts. Uh, one goal allowed to Anaheim, one to Chicago, one to Edmonton. He his play along with the team. Uh, defensively, it has gotten a lot better uh, here in recent games. So, uh, you know, I, I like the way they're playing at the moment and uh, nothing on the total because I, I think this game could go either way as far as the total goes over or under. But Minnesota's really been playing such good team defense and trending under. I wouldn't want to take the over here. So I'm off the total, but I would look to award toward the wild here around minus 115, minus 120 uh, home favorites in this one. As far as the props go, uh, not too much uh, with this game. I think for Minnesota, don't overcomplicate it. I mean, it's been basically the Zuccarello-Kaprizov show. I mean, those are the guys you want to be back in here with. This. And maybe sprinkle in a little Ryan Hartman because he does have two points in four games since he's been back uh, into the lineup from injury. And as for Dallas, the one guy that I think is consistently undervalued uh, on this team right now is Wyatt Johnston. Three goals in the last four games for the Dallas Stars. Great value on his prop uh, here tonight. All right, next up, Vancouver, Winnipeg. Winnipeg minus 145 home favorites, six the total uh, in this one. All Canadian matchup. Winnipeg looking to bounce back following uh, that 4-1 uh, loss to the uh, Minnesota Wild. Uh, Rick Bonus talking about how uh, he just felt that, that you know the team was just not very good with their details defensively. Uh, not very good in terms of managing the puck, and that's where Minnesota's goals came from. And if you watch that game, that's exactly what happened. You know, just these critical turnovers at key areas of the ice, and Winnipeg really paid a price for them. Winnipeg's now lost three in a row, and we're starting to see them 
I don't want to say crumble. They're not, they're not crumbling. They've lost a pretty good teams. I mean, Boston, Washington, Minnesota, they're not losing to the sisters of the poor. They're losing to some pretty good hockey teams here during this three game stretch, you know, but they're definitely, there's fun. There's issues with their game right now. They're, they're not playing at the level we necessarily like, you know, at this point in time. And, you know, Vancouver, I'm, I'm, I'll tell you right now, as you can kind of tell the way I'm, you know, in the direction I'm veering in with this game, as I ramble on, like I like to do uh, Led Zeppelin style, um, you can tell I'm leaning Vancouver uh, in this game a little bit as an underdog. I am. I honestly am. I, now you could say they haven't really done a whole lot. I mean, they stole one against Seattle where they were down big in the third period, but they showed the gumption, the heart, the guts, character to come back in that game down big to win in a shootout to go on the road the very next night against the Edmonton Oilers and then on a back-to-back and be able to beat them five to two you know I think you got to give them a lot of credit for that win and look San Jose's not very good but coming out of the break you played with great purpose great focus one of your best defensive efforts in a long time and you beat San Jose six to two so I think Vancouver could be live tonight and they did have a, a 5-1 loss to the Jets just a couple of weeks ago in Vancouver. But aside from that, they have really given Van- Winnipeg some problems and some fits. You know, in fact, Vancouver had won four of the last five head-to-head meetings against Winnipeg prior to that December 17th meeting when Winnipeg won 5-1. to So uh, I think the Canucks are a live road underdog here. I do uh, in this one a little bit with their game starting to trend a little bit better which is good to see. Uh, it's Hellebuck confirmed in net for Winnipeg. They were concerned about, look, Spencer Martin did look a lot better against San Jose. I think he looked, I think the Christmas break did wonders for him. He needed a break. He needed some time away and just, you know, get his energy level back up again because he had been starting just a shit ton of games for this team in the month of December. They played a lot of games in a condensed period of time. It was clearly wearing him down. Uh, and there's no question he needed that Christmas break as much as anybody. And sure enough, Spencer Martin in that start against San Jose Tuesday night, first uh, start after that break, much needed time off to rest. Uh, he looked as good as he's looked in weeks. So uh, definitely there's no question about that. Um, you know, he's played played a lot better in that first game back. So, you know, I think in this spot here, I'll have a small look toward Vancouver. Uh, at the uh, price here, plus 130, you can get in uh, some spots here. Uh, the Jets, again, starting to struggle just a little bit. Defensive game kind of not where it was about a few weeks ago. And maybe this is their time to go into a little bit of a swoon here. And maybe for Vancouver, look, we know this team with their issues, this team has talent. And I got to give Bruce credit for something. Bruce Boudreau, you know, he has really tried to get uh, some constructive coaching going in terms of tweaking his lines. He's got Mikheyev, Horvat, and Besser. There's, there's been chemistry there. Uh, Kuzmenko, Pedersen, and Peterson. Uh, don't get them confused. Kuzmenko, Pedersen, and Peterson on the uh, line for the same line for Vancouver. He put them together, and they have been solid. You know, in this short period of time that they've been together as a line for the uh, Vancouver Canucks, and uh, I think that's something to keep them in mind moving forward. That. Though that's the line you really look at for player props. I mean, what can you say about uh, Elias Pedersen all of a sudden? Three goals and eight points in the last three games. He's been just absolutely ridiculous for Vancouver. And Lane Peterson has fit in nicely 
uh, to that uh, line as well. He's gotten three points, including a goal in the last three games uh, for Vancouver. So uh, definitely that line has been good. And look, Vancouver's suddenly, they get that line going a few games ago and they've won three straight games since then. So great job by Boudreaux. He's trying to find some combinations that work. And man, he's found a combination that works when it comes to those three players, no doubt. So I'm going to go with Vancouver here, plus 130 uh, as road underdogs here. See if we can buy into maybe them getting on a little bit of a run. Maybe not. Maybe this is fool, fool's gold like it's been all year with Vancouver. Just when you start buying in, they lay an egg. Maybe it'll happen again. But, you know, this is the time maybe to play Winnipeg because, again, their uh, play has declined at least a little bit here the last few games. All right, we've got L.A. and Colorado next up. Colorado minus 155, home favorites in this one. Six the total, shaded to the under. Uh, huge steam on the total toward the under. This opened six and a half. We're seeing six now shaded to the under uh, in this game. And I'm even seeing five and a half now at Heritage, Bookmaker. I mean, we are seeing huge steam on this under. And we know Colorado has been an under machine lately, although we finally saw that under streak of nine straight games get snapped uh, the other night against Arizona on Tuesday, six to three victory for the Arizona Coyotes in that game against Colorado, bringing an end to the nine-game consecutive under the total streak uh, in Colorado Avalanche games. So, uh, you know, I think when you look at this game here tonight, Colorado not happy, obviously, with the way uh, they played against Arizona, looking to bounce back. They aren't winning games easily, though. And, and they're not only are they, you know, they're 6-4 and four the last 10 games, the losses to the Bruins, the Rangers, the Sabres, and the Coyotes, and even the games at home you know, during that stretch. I mean, the Boston loss, the Rangers loss at home, Philadelphia at home, they barely survive. They win 3-2. You know, they lose to Buffalo at home. They need an empty net goal to put away a struggling Nashville team 3-1. They need a shootout to barely beat the Islanders 1-0 at home. They squeak past Montreal 2-1 in overtime at home. Nothing is easy right now for this Colorado Avalanche team at the moment. Uh, I ain't laying a price with them. It's dog or pass for me. You either take L.A. or you you pass on the game. And L.A.'s starting to get their game back again on track, back to a higher level of performance. They've gone 5-1 and one, uh, in their last six games. I cashed a ticket with L.A. on Tuesday night in their 4-2 to two win uh, against the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, albeit we're seeing uh, in that. We saw in that game, we saw it again last night when they played Anaheim, that they are a ravaged team, a riddled team with injuries, Vegas, right now. And that's certainly played a part in LA uh, being able to uh, beat them the other night but you know I still like the way they're playing they're getting their game back on track a little bit they, they're surging they found some success uh, you look at what they're getting now from multiple players in the lineup you know they're, they're just shooting the puck a lot more traffic to the net it's they're simply simplified their offense you know Arvidsson was talking about it Philip Deneau was talking about it uh, Adrian Kempe they're all saying we're just you know, we're just shooting the puck and looking for rebounds, looking for traffic, looking for, you know, to, to get loose change in front of the net. And, you know, I like what they're th that style. I like their mentality. And they've got this uh, young journeyman goaltender, and he's still not that old. I say young because he's uh, actually he's 30 uh, now, but uh, Phoenix Copley, you know, who has been remarkable for the LA Kings, who after that victory against Vegas on Tuesday night is now seven and one as a starting goaltender here for the LA Kings this season, 
seven and one, 2.43 goals against average, 912 save percentage, playing with confidence at the moment. Uh, he's won uh, his last five games, stopping 130 of 140 shots. We know this Colorado team without Nathan McKinnon hasn't been putting the biscuit in the basket, has not been putting the puck in the net to the level that we're accustomed to, and they're still very banged up. McKinnon ain't back to at least the new year. Uh, Bowen Byram's still out on the blue line. Josh Manson's still out on the blue line. And now they've got Big Val Nachushkin out for the uh, Colorado Avalanche. Martin Kaut, a good young forward, is out. Eric Johnson is now day-to-day on the blue line uh, for the uh, Avalanche. He got injured at practice. Uh, so now all kinds of injury concerns still plaguing this Colorado Avalanche team. Again, Nachushkin re-injuring his surgically repaired ankle. Bednar saying the other day there's no uh, you know timeline for his return. I'm taking L.A. here, plus 135. I know Colorado is, uh, you'd think, wake-up call, losing to Arizona, not happy, bounce-back spot. You can't bounce back when you're fucking injured and you've got tons of injuries. You've got tons of issues right now, you know, keeping – uh, everybody healthy. Look at the Vegas Golden Knights. You think they wanted to bounce back against uh, Anaheim last night after losing to L.A.? They didn't have the horses in the stable to get the bounce back they needed. Right now, I kind of feel that way about the Colorado Avalanche. They don't have the horses in the barn right now uh, to be able to be trustworthy at the very least as minus 155 favorites. You know, that that's the issue right now. You're betting sometimes prices and numbers. You're not necessarily betting teams. You always have to remember this when it comes to sports betting, including NHL betting. And, and I feel that you're getting, you're going to probably see a, a close, tight game either way. And taking a plus one thirty-five spot with the LA Kings here, with a goalie, goalie playing with confidence, with a team that their offense is starting to come to life now, is definitely, I think, something worth uh, making a bet worth making here at this price. So for me, it would be LA plus one thirty-five in this one. And this is a game where, from a prop standpoint, there are some nice situations here. Obviously, with all the injuries for Colorado, we're once again going to be seeing Jared Bednar go into the blender, changing up the lines, trying to find something that's going to work for him uh, in this game and moving forward. Uh, tonight, he's going to have Lekkonen, JT Comfort, straight out of Comfort. Crazy motherfucker named JT. Yeah, JT Comfort uh, is going to be centering the uh, top line with uh, Lekkonen and Rantanen tonight. You're going to have Newhook, Rodriguez, and Dennis Malgan, who was, of course, involved in that minor trade with the Leafs that sent Dryden Hunt to the Leafs and Malgan going back to Colorado the other way. So you've got all kinds of lineup changes and guys moving up the lineup. So from a value standpoint and a bargain bin perspective, you know, JT Comfer's got great value centering that top line now for the Avalanche. Uh, Newhook on the second line value. Rodriguez, of course, and Malgan now. You know, you do have to consider maybe a, a prop for him moving up the lineup now to the second line in a top six forward spot. Let me just see if he's going to get some uh, power play time uh, as well for the uh, Colorado Avalanche, because oftentimes you see that with someone going into the top six forward role. Uh, let me see. Malk. Yeah, he's going to be on the second power play unit uh, here uh, for the Avalanche. Comfort's also going to be on the first power play unit. So good opportunities to take advantage of those situations. As far as the LA props go, I'm telling you right now, the the, the one that's feeling it right now, the the guy that is this the guy that is absolutely undervalued right now for the LA Kings, he's got it going. He's feeling it. 
We knew it was going to get going for him offensively at some point. We've talked all season. We know Kempe's good. We know Kopitar's still got a lot in the tank. We know what Gabe Velarde did for the LA Kings early in the season, and he's always a threat to score now every night. But for the longest time, Alex Iafalo just couldn't get anything going, could not find the back of the net, struggling mightily to produce offensively for the LA Kings. That has changed. Four games now, he has scored three goals in the last four games, and he has five points uh, in the last four games for the LA Kings. Alex Iafalo, who we know is a very good player, starting to get his game back on track, get that offense flowing again. And so I think Alex Iafalo definitely, prop-wise, a good look tonight for the uh, LA Kings in this one. Uh, playing with Dano and Arvidsson on that second line. Uh, again, guy that's feeling it. Uh, definitely would look toward Alex Iafalo here for the uh, LA Kings uh, from a prop standpoint tonight in this game. All right, Toronto and Arizona. Uh, we've got the uh, Leafs minus 290 road favorites, six the total uh, in this game. Uh, I'm going to go right back to the same theme that I've basically been re regurgitating and repeating with Arizona at home. And that is they are tremendously undervalued with the way they're playing at the at Mullet Arena since they've been back there well since the since they've been back there following the 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 the, the long road trip the you know they were away from home for that whole month since they've been back there you know they beat Boston they beat Philadelphia they beat the Islanders uh they had a close loss to Buffalo at home 5-2 but two of the goals were empty net goals 3-2 loss in overtime to Montreal but that was a winnable home game and now they've won two in a row at home since then against LA prior to the Christmas break and Colorado uh, in their first game after the Christmas break the other night. So this is Arizona right now on a, they, 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 they apparently they're very energized by the crowd. And actually the crowd is loud. Say what you will. It's a rinky dink peewee style venue. It doesn't look professional. I get it. But because the crowd is just right on top of you, right on top of the ice surface, essentially, and it's 5,000 people in a small, small, smaller building, you know, the sound from the crowd just, just basically sprays out onto the ice, you know, and, and it makes for a louder environment, believe it or not, if they're into it. And again, you got a bunch of these Arizona State kids and students that attend these games that they're making a bunch of noise. And apparently it's uh, definitely, uh, you know, an Arizona team that the players are at least feeding off that. Uh, right now there's no question and uh it doesn't take uh we're not splitting the atom figuring out how much this team has given toronto fits over the years i mean they already beat toronto 4-2 earlier this season back in october plus 420 underdogs plus 320 dogs against uh the leafs uh in toronto last year they won in overtime two to one win against toronto in arizona their old home glendale last year as plus 260 underdogs They've won three straight against the Leafs and going back even further, you know, they've gone seven and uh, six and four uh, in the last 10 meetings against Toronto, you know, and a lot of them as big underdogs here. And, you know, in the, in years past, Toronto's had great teams. Arizona's had shitty teams, no question. And that's probably on paper still that way, but Arizona's playing outperforming their talent level right now. And they're doing it because they're getting timely goaltending. They're doing it because their power play is starting to click. Uh, they're doing it because their, their their offense is starting to get uh, going from a bunch of different sources. 
Clayton Keller, this Michael Carcone scored the other night. He gets an opportunity. He finds the back of the, on the second line. He finds the back of the net. Lawson Kraus has been great. Nick Schmaltz has been the guy lately for the Arizona Coyotes. He's been excellent. Uh, he's on a huge point scoring streak, six game point scoring streak, and he has a grand total of nine points uh, in those six games, three goals in those six games. I talked about Nick Schmaltz props the other night against Colorado. You know, I'll be looking in that direction once again tonight. So this is definitely for me. And I like, and the thing with Arizona is I've been taking them first period and full game money line. The last couple, I've been splitting it up between the first period uh, and the full game. Uh, I think definitely that's the way I'm going to approach it here. Uh, even with this Toronto team playing good hockey, I get it, but we just see repeatedly and Arizona playing some very, very inspired hockey in this building. Uh, so I'm going to go with uh, Arizona first period money line here, which you can get at around plus 180, plus 190 is the price with the uh, Arizona Coyotes in the first period money line. And then a little on the uh, full game money line as well, plus 245 to plus 250. This would be such a leaf thing to do too, after a big win against St. Louis, 5-4. Uh, in overtime the other night, that uh, they fall short here. Now, let's turn it to Toronto for this game. Matt Murray is in net uh, after Samsonov got back-to-back -back games uh, for them. Uh, still battling some injuries, of course, uh, with uh, Rasmus Sandin still out on the blue line. They've got Muzzin and Mete on the blue line still out. But great news for the Leafs tonight is the return of Morgan Riley arguably their best defenseman. I mean, arguably, because you've got to put Giordano certainly in that conversation uh, with the way he's played uh, this season for the Leafs. But having Morgan Riley back is going to be immense for the Leafs. But I don't know if it's great for them tonight. How many times do we see, well, you know, you, you've kept your head above water for all of these weeks when you had these multiple defensemen out if you're Toronto. Now you get Morgan Riley back, you think you're better. And you will be probably in the long run. But that first game, when someone hasn't played for as long as Riley's been out, sometimes it throws off team chemistry. It just throws things a little off kilter, you know, in that first game when he, when a guy like that comes back. So uh, keep that in mind. And uh, now all of a sudden you got to reshuffle your defensive pairings a little bit to make room for Morgan Riley uh, in this game tonight if you're Sheldon Keith. And these are guys that have played now with the same D pairs for a lot of games in a row now, the Leafs. Now, all of a sudden, with Riley back, you're going to put him with Timothy Liljegren. Brody is now going to play with Timmins. Uh, they are going to keep Giordano and Hall together. They played together as a pair, but those other two D pairs are going to be shuffled a little bit for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs tonight in this game. Um, so that could be a little bit of a – that could open up some things for Arizona offensively because, you know, we know collectively these are pairings that can work. But when you're talking about just throwing new pairings together, you know, right uh, when these uh, – players have gotten comfortable on the blue line playing with the same guy for you know multiple weeks sometimes there's an adjustment there there no question about that so it is going to be Matt Murray for the uh, Leafs I would assume it's going to be Corral Vamel Vamelka for the uh, Arizona Coyotes hasn't been confirmed yet but I would expect that um, so I do like Arizona here but I do like some props as well in this game from a Toronto and an Arizona perspective I mentioned Schmaltz of course Carconi I think might be worth a look as well because he took advantage of that opportunity on the second line with Bukestad and Kraus, uh, and he ended up getting uh, a goal and an, uh, and three shots on goal, and including a goal scored by Michael Carcone uh, in that game against uh, Colorado the other night, moving up to the second line. For the Leafs, there's a couple good options here. I mean, Michael Bunting is just, uh, he can't be stopped right now. 
uh, for the uh, Leafs. He's been uh, magnificent. He's gotten uh, a grand total of five goals uh, and uh, five points in the last uh, six games for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, seven games in, for the Leafs. He's been great. Uh, and recently put together second line for the uh, Leafs, Tavares, Marner, and I'm going, going back, back to Cali, Cali, Cali Yarncroke. Since he went up to that second line with Tavares and with Mitch Marner, he has five points and two goals in the last three games for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He is tremendously undervalued in terms of the uh, player prop market right now. Yarncroke's got offensive game to him. He's a great two-way player. And a lot of people think of him as defense first, but he is very capable. He's got some skill offensively. And if coaches, if co coaches finally uh, put him in a role where he can be with better players, better offensive uh, line mates on a second line or a top line, and we're seeing that now with Yarn Croke, with uh, Marner and Tavares, he can score goals. He can put the puck in the net. He can produce for you. So uh, Yarn Croke is definitely a great value prop option tonight once again for the Leafs again he has scored for Toronto uh, in back-to-back uh, -back games as well as five points in the last three games for the Leafs and you can get Callie Yarncroke prop to score a goal tonight at plus 320 uh, excellent value there in my opinion no question uh, from a prop standpoint with Callie Yarncroke all right final game of this massive Thursday card Philadelphia San Jose San Jose minus 155 home favorites six and a half being the uh, total in this one uh, it's a Sharks game so I'm very much interested in the over uh, and that is what I'm going to look at here over the total um, San Jose eight and two to the over their last 10 games and don't look now but Philadelphia they're not playing that torts shut it down defense right now not at all and he wants them to play that way they're just not physically capable right now playing that way uh they have not been very good in their own end not compared to what they were earlier in the season when they were really doing a nice job of limiting scoring chances you know trying to dig in defensively block a lot of shots and it's just not happening right now for philly these last four games they give up six to the rangers three to columbus four to toronto a six spot uh, against the carolina hurricanes in their last game so yeah, definitely not playing the uh, best, uh, not playing the level of defensive hockey they did early in the year. Uh, and all of a sudden, believe it or not, their offense has been a little bit better, which has contributed to these last four games for them that have gone over the total. You know, they scored, uh, they have scored three goals or more in four straight games. And that is really something for a team that has had all kinds of issues this season, putting the puck in the net. A lot of issues offensively for Philadelphia, particularly early in the season. But, you know, their defense has gone down, their defensive play, level their, their level of play defensively has gone down and their offense has gotten better and and their level of play offensively putting the puck in the net's gone up so that has contributed to the overs lately for philly and as far as san jose goes very capable offensively with some of the guys in their lineup but as we can see they struggle mightily to keep the puck out of their own net and especially of late calgary scores 12 goals in two games against san jose sharks allow five in one game to the flames seven in the other they give up uh, six to Vancouver uh, on Tuesday night, their first game after the break. It hasn't mattered whether Capo Kakinen or James Reimer has been the goalie for San Jose. Neither one's been terribly effective uh, in recent games in between the pipes. That's a concern. Uh, and by the way, for Philadelphia, Carter Hart uh, not available tonight, and neither is Felix Sandstrom. So it will be, once again, for the second consecutive game, Samuel Urson. Uh, in net for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. He definitely struggled 
in his NHL debut on Friday night against Carolina. Gave up five goals on 30 shots. Maybe now he's going to be a little bit more relaxed, more comfortable. Maybe there's some jitters, nerves, who knows. But obviously, he needs to play a lot better than that. Samuel Urson, uh, we'll see if he can do that here tonight. But I need to see it before I believe it. Like, I'm not just going to say, wow, he had a bad game against Carolina. I think he'll be better tonight. No, I got to see it. So it's only NHL start he's had, and it wasn't good. So I need to be convinced that he's going to be capable of playing better uh, here tonight against San Jose. So I like the over here, six and a half in this one. And as far as these two teams, if this was Philly minus 155, I would say there is no way I'm laying minus 155 with Philadelphia. You bet the underdog or you pass. And it's the same thing here with San Jose being minus 155 favorites in this game. There's no way I'm laying minus 155 with the Sharks. I'm not doing it. This is not a team I trust in this kind of price range. It's dog or pass. Either bet Philadelphia at the plus price or you leave the game alone. I'll probably leave it alone. Lean only to Philadelphia. But I do like the over here, six and a half with the Flyers and the Sharks. All right, that is the Thursday card. Uh, thanks to everyone for joining us. Hope you tolerated my voice for almost 90 minutes uh, here on the show uh, nonstop. Uh, I appreciate it that you did uh, tolerate it. Uh, thank you for joining us here on the Ice Guys on this Thursday edition. 208 live viewers currently on YouTube. Hit the like button. Uh, we appreciate that very much. Uh, I tried my best to cram and pack as much info and stats and prop bets and side bets and totals bets and team totals bets as I could in an 11 game Thursday card. So I uh, hope you all enjoyed it very much. Uh, hit the like button on the way out and make sure you uh, sign up at patreon.com slash ice guys. It's just $10 a month. Our daily ice guys show betting card is posted there. Power ratings, totals charts, goalie charts, and more. We're going to have more bonus content for you on the Patreon page in the new year as well. Uh, so make sure you sign up, patreon.com slash iceguys, uh, just $10 a month. We'll get to best bets to wrap up the show in just a second, but first we'll hear from our sponsors, Manscaped. Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, our good friends at Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, courtesy of the Ice Guys. Get 20% off of any purchase and free worldwide shipping with the promo code Ice Guys, that's promo code Ice Guys, all one word, I-C-E-G-U-Y-S at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 400 million balls that you can help preserve with manscaped.com. Using the promo code Ice Guys, you get the performance package 4.0. It is a game changer. The Lawnmower 4.0, it takes care of this, among other things. Uh, it'll keep you uh, trim uh, as can be. Uh, the Lawnmower 4.0, waterproof. Same thing with the Weed Whacker, which takes care of your ear hair, nose hair. I mean, nose hair in particular. You know, I'm getting up there in age, and nose hair is becoming uh, definitely more of an issue. This will take care of it. It feels like someone's tickling the inside of your nostrils sometimes. It pisses the hell out of me. It bothers me. I need to take care of that shit. This will take care of it for you. The Weed Whacker. Uh, make uh, part of the package that you get with your Manscaped purchase and the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. You also get the ball toner. You also get 
the ball deodorant, keep you uh, smelling good and looking good and feeling good down in the nether regions. This package is really going to make you feel good and and look good and look better. Slim, trim, that's what it's all about. And manscaped.com can help you out with that. So make sure you take advantage of this. Manscaped.com, get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the promo code ICEGUYS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, it is time now for Best Bets to wrap it up here on this Thursday edition uh, of the Ice Guys. Uh, my best bet uh, here for the show today. Uh, I, there's a lot to uh, choose from here. I've, I've, I've had three circled that I was looking at the most here in this game uh, tonight. Um, when I look at it, I'm going to go with that LA Kings underdog side. I like it. I like that plus 135. Colorado is just too ravaged. I mean, they're already McKinnon and Manson and Byram, and now Nachushkin, who just came back, is out. Eric Johnson's now injured in practice. I mean, it's forwards, it's defense. It's just, and it's definitely wearing down this team's ability to play at their highest level. Uh, there's no question about that. And we've got the seven and one betting angle in play here tonight, and that's Phoenix Copley, seven and one in his eight starts here with the LA Kings. He's played very well. Uh, here for them they've played well in front of them as well and you're starting to see this team simplify their offense like uh, Todd McClellan wanted them to shoot the puck more get traffic in front of the net the line combinations that he's recently changed and switched to have been working and this is a vulnerable Colorado team right now let uh, and the value's good uh, LA Kings plus 135 uh, against Colorado that is going to be my best bet here for this Thursday uh, NHL card. And I do want to throw it out there that uh, Alex B. Smith, uh, I, I usually post them on the uh, Patreon. They're always posted. Alex's card is always posted on the Patreon page every single day when he sends it to me when he's not on the show. But I figured I'm going to tell you what his card is right now because he did send it to me earlier. Uh, Alex B. Smith likes the New York Rangers plus 125. He's on the Buffalo Sabres team total over three and a half. He's on Dallas, Minnesota over six. Arizona Puck line plus one and a half, plus 105. So he's being a little bit more safe than I am with Arizona going the puck line route, plus one and a half, plus 105. And he's on Philadelphia, San Jose, first period over one and a half, minus 140. And his best bet for the card tonight against his Chicago Blackhawks, Alex's best bet, St. Louis, first period puck line, minus a half in that plus 110 range. So there you go. That's Alex's uh, card. And his best bet is Blues first period puck line uh, against the Blackhawks. All right. That's a wrap for this Thursday edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for joining us live on YouTube and those of you listening to the podcast version of the, of the show. And speaking of which, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, uh, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Uh, download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. And as you can tell, my usual end of the show script, I'm forgetting what to say a little bit with it, which means that's what happens when you've been talking nonstop for 90 minutes. Uh, your brain's starting to become a blur right now. So great time to wrap up the show. 
is basically what I'm saying right now. Uh, great stuff indeed. Thanks to everyone for joining us. I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Thursday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Friday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now. Thank <laughs> you.